podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Lacey here with Mella, Josh, and Rashawn. Before we get started, you know what I'm going to say. Whatever platform you're listening on, go like, subscribe, follow, rate, review, whatever your app calls for, please do that for us. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CinephileAttack. Let us know if you agree with our takes disagree with our takes, if our podcast is great, or if this is just for us. How are you, my friends? <laughs> what is up? Shouting into the void. <laughs> How are we doing today? What have we been watching this week? Not exactly this week, but it's been a couple episodes since we've been able to talk about it. But you and I, and I believe other members of this podcast, have started and finished what is available uh, for the new ABC sitcom, Abbott Elementary. Yes! Fucking fantastic. It's Quinta Brunson's show. It's a half-hour sitcom about uh, an elementary school in Philadelphia. It's everything you could want in a mockumentary. If you liked mm-hmm. The Office, if you liked Parks and Rec, if you liked uh, any of those genre of shows, it's perfect. So funny. I've only seen, I haven't like continually watched, but anytime Rashawn has it on, I'm like, oh, well, let me have a seat. Like, yeah. it's just so funny. It's so perfect. And kids in movie shows, like when they have kids and stuff and they're funny, it's like such an easy end for me. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. No, I, t- I said in our thread, but like, I haven't felt this way about a current running TV show since the office like i am hooked hooked line and sinker into it i love everything about it wholehearted and funny and i i love it yeah genuine (laughs) like it's just Mm -hmm. genuine well i know a couple of us watched hulu's fresh yes yes i'm starving now now oh Oh, don't say Mm. that (laughs) i fucking dug it i thought it was really cool trailer i had seen it already um so i kind of i kind of knew what it was about but it still didn't really spoil anything for me i liked it i thought it was fresh if you will Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's a it's a thriller right yeah it's a thriller it just seems yeah it's a thriller but it's not like scary by any means Mm -hmm. Because yeah, I know like you tell some people that it's like a thriller and they're like, oh, I'm not going to watch. I'm scared. I'm like, no, no, no. You're not going to be scared. It's just not comedy. It's not drama. It's a psychological. Yeah, if it's you will. Suspenseful. Yep. Woman directed and written. So we love that. Sebastian Stan. Yes. We love that. We love that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would let him take a little chunk out of this ass. Hey, There's a lot of it. There's enough to spare. Just ask. Rashawn, what did you think about it? <laughs> Let's talk about Carmela's ass. <laughs> I wanted to keep talking about Sebastian Stan slicing up Mella's ass. Put her on a Tender. little Hawaiian roll. 
Ew, you guys. Jeez. Not sweet on sweet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little dessert. I did not like it, but oh, I love that for you guys. <laughs> Damn. I know I was the, shocked. I know, me too. What I thought the movie was in the first 15 minutes or so before the quote-unquote twist, I was digging and I was driving in one direction and I thought that's where we were going and then we didn't. And then what happens after that, I was just not into at all. All right. I know. I don't know how we're friends. I love you, but I don't know. Like, I don't. I know. I don't don't get you, Rashawn. I know. I know. I I would go into it more, but I don't want to spoil it for people that watched it. But yeah, I yeah. At the end of it, I was looking at him like, "Hey, that was pretty good, huh?" And he was like, "Ah," and I like it. I'm like, "Oh, (laughs) (laughs) oh." Shit. How did he, right? he does that? He does that. You're sitting and watching something with him at the theater, at home, and you're like, oh, we're having a good time. This is this is a movie. Yeah. And then he gets on the mic and he doesn't like it. Yeah. I keep the girls gagging. Um, I don't know if anyone else has watched it yet. I watched Turning Red this week on Disney Plus. I know. A lot of people haven't watched it yet. Just please stop looking at the reviews of the straight white men who are watching it and run to Disney Plus and watch this movie. Woman produced, woman directed, woman led. It's about a young 13-year-old girl coming into her own womanhood and expressing herself. And it's about the relationship between mothers and daughters and that angsty preteen awkwardness that we all deal with a very funny movie it is a very sweet movie um and it's a movie i wish i had had as a preteen so please please go watch turning red i I won't say anything else i just like i've been spewing it everywhere i can go watch the movie um this is gonna be an interesting episode for me and since it's funny you guys are talking about my reaction to things last night i got off work (laughs) and i just felt like going to the movies and i took a return trip to gotham city oh and i saw the batman again Mm. you did and i did and i would like to walk back some of my (laughs) statements (laughs) let's go not fully bitch put your fist down (laughs) but I, maybe I was just not in the right state of mind the first time we saw it. I mean, we sat down literally as the Riddler got his little goggles up and Ave Maria started playing. But I had a little box of wine in my bag. And (laughs) I sat there by myself and just took in the three hours. And I'm I'm softer. I'm I'm not completely taking back everything I said. But... Beautifully shot, beautifully scored. We already knew that. I could like tongue Robert Pattinson in the mouth. Wow. (laughs) Oh. Yummy. I don't know. Scrumptious. The mask does something to me because I don't know. It gives you a target. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) It tells you where to put it. Like kiss here, kiss here. Um, No, but honestly, I, I came away a lot less harsh than I was the first time. So I'm not going to say go see another three-hour movie, but I'm glad that I watched it again. 
It will be on HBO Max at the end of the month. Hmm. I, I know. I wanted to see it before yeah. it left theaters. So I would recommend if you're comfortable, everyone see it at least once in the theaters because the score and the visuals are astounding. But I saw it in Dolby and I felt that shit in my molars. So yeah, I bet. Was, um, it was great. Batman Returns is still number one. That's all I'm going to say. Chill out. I had, while we were waiting for you guys to show up, I had a drink at the AMC bar, and so I, that's I think that's the key. Mm, you gotta start right. Yeah, you gotta be drunk. <laughs> Not drunk, easy. Just like loose. Right, you gotta yeah. be loose. Yeah. Well, today is a special day. Today, my sweet friends, you did me a favor, and we're kind of veering off of our movie track for the pod, and we are tackling. A mini series today. What are we fighting about? We are fighting about the formerly Cartoon Network, now HBO mini series, Over the Garden Wall. Play that piano, Frogman. Are you calling Rachel a Frogman? <laughs> no, the am frog. I the frog? No, <laughs> no. If I told you there was a story, where are we? From a forgotten place. See anybody? I see you. Filled with shadows. Something weird is going on. And the unknown. Uh, yeah. Where solving the puzzle only leads to dangers and greater discoveries. <laughs> Would you be willing to take a peek over the garden wall? Over the Garden Wall is a 2014 miniseries from Cartoon Network created by Katie Krentz and Patrick McHale. It is starring Elijah Wood, Colin Dean, Melanie Linsky, Christopher Lloyd, Fred Stoll, Shirley Jones, John Cleese, Tim Curry, among many other wonderful voice actors. Over the Garden Wall is the story of Wirt and his little brother Gregory, who go on an adventure over the garden wall into the unknown, and they have to find their way back home. I watched Over the Garden Wall in September of last year for the first time. It was all on HBO. I turned it on as I was getting in the autumnal, spooky, Halloween kind of fall vibes. And I turned it on while I was decorating and cleaning, and I found myself sitting down and being completely engrossed in this little story. And I fell in love with the characters, I fell in love with the story, I fell in love with the aesthetic, I fell in love with the music, and I, I just, this story and the way that it's presented is, if I could make something, this is something that I feel like my little brainchild would create. I love Over the Garden Wall. I loved it so much that I then, after finishing it, made Josh watch it <laughs> with me one time through. And, you know, we're in a place right now where the industry is kind of ramping back up to normal. The world is kind of finding its pacing again. And I really just wanted something to inspire me and to reignite my creative juices. Um, so thank you all for taking the time to watch this little mini series that greatly inspired me. I have absolutely zero hope going into today's episode, like none at all. So I'm going to start with Josh because I know you love it as much as I do. I do. Uh, I mean, like you said, it's this 
show is sort of the essence of you, so how can I not like it? I think it's funny as shit. I think uh, Colin Dean as Gregory is one of the funniest cartoon characters ever made. I don't give a shit. Uh, uh, oh, Beans. His, his one-liners are through the roof. All oh, Beans. Uh, ain't that just the way it is? And maybe I think the funniest line ever written, we've come to burgle your turts. <laughs> We had to pause. We had to pause the show. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, it's it really rewards a rewatch as well. There's a bit of a twist in it that I don't know if we it will we'll end up talking about it. But there's a bit of a twist in episode eight slash nine that and all all ten episodes are ten minutes long too yeah. by the way, which is but it really rewards a rewatch and it, it, it can get pretty cerebral and pretty deep at some points, especially near the end, that I really appreciated and especially the second time through found a lot more to be interested in and found a lot more that sort of struck with me. So I I loved it. It's hilarious. Burgle your turds. It's incredible. <laughs> uh, well, that was nice while it lasted. Mela, I have the least hope that you enjoyed it. So why don't you... Hit me with your initial thoughts. Um, you're correct. Yeah, I, this. <laughs> I know. I did not like this one bit. I don't understand it. I don't get it. What? I don't see what? why it's so well reviewed. I don't get it, you guys. Like, I literally watched three episodes, and then I was like, "Am I watching the right one?" Like, I literally <laughs> Googled another over the garden wall to ask Rashawn, like, is it, is it, is it this? Is it the cartoon? Is it the, it is, right? And he's like, yeah, there's only one. And I'm like, okay. There has to be another one. There has to be another one. Because Lacey spoke so fondly of it and so just, like, beautifully about it that it Holy can't be shit. this. They have circles for eyes. Like, that's it. So, what? So, oh my God, Mila. We'll get down to the animation, but I'm not going to lie. I think the bird is the funniest fucking part in this whole show. Weird. I mean, she's funny. She's funny. Like, she's just, they did a good job at her being a human inside of a bird. Mm -hmm. That, That just, like, made sense to me. It wasn't. She was a bird with like a human-y voice. Like it totally made sense when she's like, yeah, I used to be a little girl. I don't know. It just, she was funny to me. The facial expressions were funny. But that's probably about the best takeaway I'll give you. Jesus Christ. (laughs) I just don't get it. I, I don't get it. And I, and honestly, I'm not coming from a part where I don't like animation. It's not, it doesn't even have to do with that. I just don't understand why it's so loved and maybe you could tell me uh okay Rashawn, finish us off lacy <laughs> yeah i owe you a huge apology for the way that i spoke about a don't few you of your dare favorite movies i'm coming at you guns lowered to say that i apologize for how i spoke about spirited away and for how i spoke about Coraline. where is this going Oh, God. Because, baby, after watching this, <laughs> those are fucking masterpieces. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. I will say, I was straight up not having a good time. 
the last two episodes, which we'll break, I know we'll break them down, really redeemed a lot for me. Yeah, I'll say that too. Really redeemed a lot for me. One through eight. <laughs> molasses and potatoes. A uh, jam, dude. Potatoes and molasses. Jam, molasses. I will. I will. Uh, I will <laughs> concede on a probably a few things that we'll talk about. Some of the characters, some of the designs, obviously, like speak to me the way they speak to you because we align on some things. Uh, where? <laughs> <laughs> Girl, I don't know respect. where anymore. Show me. Girl, <laughs> girl, I'm trying. I'm, I'm reaching out. If you don't take my hand, we both gonna fall. You know she's not gonna I, take your hand. I know she's not. I, 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 it's an even split because I also do not understand the love for this. It is. How can you? What? It, it, it's, it's one of my things that I'm not crazy about, which it's, I know they're, mini episodes and it's not one big film what did i say josh what did i fucking say what did i fucking say so scattershot it's so scattershot that i just like oh my god what did you say lacy i said they're gonna complain that it's vignettes that it's not a cohesive story that it's little tiny stories all put together i'm not saying it's not a cohesive story it's 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 a complete it's a complete story and i love and that's why nine and ten really Pulled me out of the the dragging that I was about to do on this mic, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. Well, and we. I feel like we can talk about the dichotomy of children's cartoons versus what's you know viable for adults. This one, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was one of my things. I was, isn't this for children? It's no, not just for children. Me, give me the mic. So there. Take it. I love loved Rick and Morty. Yeah. I used to watch Family Guy religiously, but those two specifically have created this sort of weird dagger in the middle of animation where something has to be adult and Rick and Morty or it has to be kids, it has to be Rugrats, and that's not fucking true. And a show like this can be enjoyed by kids, but there are deep messages in this and there's really emotional through lines that a kid is just going to fucking miss completely. Sorry, Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon, but you've done a lot of harm to the animation uh, uh, discussion landscape. Sorry. Are those the makers of Rick and Morty? Yeah. It can be both. It can be both. It can be both. It totally can be both. I don't think this is both. I don't what do you think, think it is? is? To your point, your favorite movie of last year, Lacey, which I adore, is both. Wolfwalkers is a film that children can just watch and enjoy and feast on the visuals, but adults can get something out of as well. And I think that is a perfect example of what you're talking about, Josh. Like, that movie, like, I can sit down with my nephew and watch that, and we'll get two different things out of that. This feels directly catered to young minds. Well... Goo goo gaga, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what did that make me, Rashad? Oh, you told me not to yell on the mic today. He knew what he was doing when he said don't. Lower it. Up. He did. He told me to lower my game. To, I tried to. I did. I did. It doesn't make you anything. It makes it makes this special for you, and I love that. But it's. I don't think it's as accessible and as deep as. 
like you guys got for, something from it, and I love that. I did not. Okay, I'm 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 gonna start us off on a track. I want to talk first about the animation style because apparently, Carmela, you have a huge problem with it. I think it's aesthetically beautiful. So how do we feel about the animation style as a whole? Let's touch on that. I don't, I wouldn't call it beautiful. I think it's perfectly appropriate. I think it's simple. I think it's precise. I think it's, I I, I think it's entirely appropriate. And I mean that as, as much of a compliment as you can take it. I think, I don't think it does anything crazy. There's a couple moments again in episodes nine and 10, especially with the beast where there's like really, really advanced animation that like is really jarring. And those moments are fantastic. But when it's just Wirt, when it's just Wirt and Gregory walking around and on their little adventures, I think the animation is perfectly a little adventure. And I think I like, I, I, I enjoyed that. Rashawn, you were giving some nice. I was. Yeah. Gestures. So say something because our (laughs) listeners can't hear that. Oh my god! Come on, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to, try to oil this girl up, but it's not gonna work. It's fine. Uh, no. <laughs> it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. No. I agree. like the Wendigo like animation for the beast at the end, in the snow. Gorgeous. Some my favorite episode is the ringing of the bell with Lorna when she turns into the people eater. All that is mm-hmm. terrifying mm-hmm. and great. Carmela was stating something that I violently reacted against, which is those fucking eyes. I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> They're pretty bundling. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't circles. like it. Circles inside of a circle? Why? No. What is an eye? What is an eyeball. What is an eye? What is an eye? It's a circle inside of a circle inside of a circle. It is My It crazy. is intentionally off-putting, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, what it's, right it's a cartoon. Child, I've seen cartoons. I didn't mean to call you child. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Carmela, why don't you like it? Why don't you like the animation? I think, honestly, this is just like a preference thing. Because I remember watching Family Guy at the very beginning and not digging the animation style. And it's kind of not similar in the sense that it looks very much the same. But they have like that... Very, like Josh said, very basic circles for eyes. Like everything is just like as a kid would draw it. And I, I just didn't gel with it. And then speaking on Family Guy, that's something totally different. That was like a humor thing. But with this, it pushed forward my thinking of this is for a kid. That I'm like, okay, like a kid can sit there. There's nothing too too flashy like it's just like okay this is a little kid with the little triangle hat and he has a frog like it's just kind of basic that a kid can just sit and watch and enjoy the story so I was like okay yeah this is this is for kids I don't have to like it because it's not for me it's for my nine-year-old nephew or whatever I take that as this might be looking too much into it but it feels like the animation is not simple as mean it's 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 the way it is because that's not the visuals aren't the point the, when the visuals are the point like with Lorna and and the beast yeah i think we're saying the thing i think it's very simple like you said it's very basic and i, I don't mean those as a bad thing but 
simplistic. Yeah, simplistic. There we go. Yeah. But because of that, I'm like, it gave me a different message. It gave me, it's simple, like, like Blue's Clues. <gasps> Jesus Christ. Oh my God. I've said it like 10 times already this episode. Sorry. Circle eyes, very simple. We're here for the story, not for the animation. That's what it I got. feels like. I you, you, it I, feels like you. Can I ask how? Maybe you were trying to say something else. How is the animation not the point? To me, to me, the animation is simplistic in the style that it is because I'm I'm trying I'm trying to be sound nice. Everything I want to say is a compliment, but it doesn't sound nice. It's fine. That like, Just talk. It's, fine. it's a it's a vehicle for the story, and I think the story is the most important. I think the relationship between Wirt and Gregory and Beatrice is more important than the visual. So it's it's just a vehicle. Like, Wirt and Gregory are very, like, they're basic, aside from Gregory's pot hat. The facial expressions on the characters you meet are way more advanced. Like, the school teacher, she, she looks jarring and out of place because she has really a really expressive face, and and she's doing all these all this emoting and... and both vocally and with her face, and everything seems sort of out of place compared to Wirt and Gregory because they are out of place. Hmm. I like that. I feel, for me, I think Josh is correct. I think the animation is a vehicle for this, this story that they're trying to tell. For me, what works so well about it is there is a nostalgia factor to traveling through the woods. This is a coming of age story for Wirt. And we're just using the vehicle of the unknown and the the world of over the garden wall as his journey to accepting his little stepbrother, accepting his stepfather, ne- negating his own imposter syndrome with the girl that he likes at school and his growth is the thing that comes out of this misadventure through the woods. And I feel like the animation suits that and fits that. I will agree that the the animation is simple so as to include a younger audience. But the imagery that we get that is jarring and scary and spooky is very jarring and scary and spooky. So I don't think it's Blue's Clues, Bella. That was brutal. I liked Blue's Clues. That is not this. That is not this. Okay. You made me cry. Shit. Rishon, you said your favorite. I'm the market. I'm the market. I don't have it. Oh, my God. I was trying to give some comparison. Okay. This does not have the same anime. Whatever. <laughs> I was so out of left field. I could not. I was not so <laughs> I, want you, I want you guys to um, remember all of this when we get to the game <laughs> today. Not me. I just remember <laughs> all of this. Not me. Okay, continue. Okay. Roshan, you said your favorite episode or your favorite chapter of the story was the ringing of the bell, Lorna's chapter. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that? Can we do like favorite chapters from, even though Mella probably doesn't have one? <laughs> <laughs> from the series? Um, 
yes, uh, episode seven, ringing of the bell, the idea and the the bait and switch of of Lorna actually being the people eater, I thought was just a really great contained episode. And the animation is great. It's it's it jolts you. It's really horrific, and then it's over. And I think that I, that is what I wish most of the episodes were, because this one actually felt like a tight ten minute adventure for these two kids, and some of the other ones feel felt endless to me a little bit. Like also, which one? This, Girl, one through six and eight and <laughs> everyone that's not seven. The, fr- the episode one, I was really mad at you because I was like, what are we watching? <laughs> I was, man, it's, this is just not my humor and that's fine. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to say it's not funny. And the dog and they the believe beast. the dog is the yeah. beast. Mm-hmm. Coming to attack them. And then he pulls the turtle out of his mouth, and I was just like, oh, Lace, you're setting Episode me up, Episode 7 man. also has burgle your turts, Rashawn. It does have burgle your turts. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I really, really like that episode. I I don't know. This is just not, not my thing. You know what I mean? But I found... I think when they go to the town and and all the people are apparently pumpkin people, I thought that Potsfield. was really cool. Mm-hmm. Pottsfield. And there's that's what I'm saying. There are really cool moments like that where they're tinged with horror and scary things. The brothers are annoying as shit to me. But they're little I kids. Am, I am oh a grown man. And <laughs> For a little kid, I think they are hilarious. Not to shade Josh. Not shading Josh at all. But somebody is going to, little kids are going to find this fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. I still laugh at Sesame Street. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) I laugh at stupid shit all the time. This is just not my lane of humor. And it's... Burgle your turn, baby. Josh, did you have a favorite chapter? (laughs) I do. Rewatch, before we rewatched again... If you would have asked me, the chapter that sticks out, I don't know why, Lullaby and Frogland, where they're all in the fairy, frog fairy, mm-hmm. the reveal of, of... Oh, you did? So there's two episodes you like. Go ahead, Josh. I No, I just like them singing over the garden wall. That's all. It was beautiful. I the music the in this is lovely. <laughs> me too. Um, <laughs> the title. The music, the music in this show is lovely. It's very nice. And the opening joke of, uh, why is George Washington naked? Amazing. <laughs> Um, then I lean towards episode nine, honestly, into the unknown, where by this point, if you've been, if you, if you sound interested in this at all, go watch it on HBO. We're going to start talking about the spoilers. I don't even know if you need to play the spoiler tech, but we're going to start talking about the twist. If you haven't seen it and you're interested, go watch it or not. I don't fucking care. It's your life. Um, episode nine, when you cut to quote unquote, the real world and what, how Wirt and Gregory actually got here. I think it's really interesting. I think it's it it shows a lot about Wirt as a character, and like we mentioned before, he suffers from imposter syndrome. He talks about how no one invited him to this party, and and he can't go in because he wasn't invited. And no one likes him, and then he walks in, and everyone's like, "Oh, hey, Wirt." He talks about Jason Funderburker and how how much of a competition he is uh, to get Sarah, and how he doesn't stand a chance. And then you meet Jason Funderburker, and he sucks, and he's weird and boring, and Sarah doesn't even like him. It like shows who Wirt is. So you look back, it's like, oh, he's just this fucking 
15-year-old kid that suffers from the hardest case of imposter syndrome I've ever seen. And it's a really interesting take. And then obviously chapter 10 wraps it up perfectly. I think I still want to lean chapter six, Lullaby and Frogland. Honorable mention to chapter three, School Town Follies, because it's got the most underrated character actor of all time, uh, Thomas Lennon in it. You thought I had a soft spot for Martin Short? Put Thomas Lennon in anything and I'll give it a five-star review. <laughs> Period. Reno 911 is the best show of all time. I love That's Thomas funny. Lennon so much. Mella, did you like any chapter? I like the little punky haze. <laughs> I did. I did like that that episode. And I think that's where I thought it was going. So when we got there, I was like, oh, now I get why Lacey loves this. It's fall. It's like a little creepy, but not too creepy. That's really like what got me sold <laughs> up until that point. And then it it's not that it never got creepy again. It definitely fucking did. I was going to say this, the last episode for me, I was like, oh shit, this is dark. Like, this is like, I got a little spooked. I can feel like if I was watching it as a kid, I would probably turn it off right there. Even though it was the end. I'd be like, okay, I'm enough. It's it's good. And I mean, we've spoke about this before, like horror for kids. Like you definitely need that because it with this one, how you're saying, Josh, this is definitely not just about like, oh, we're just going to do something spooky for the kids. It it does have parallels to real life, which I enjoyed. I, w- I, I can see the tonal, not knowing it's coming, the tonal shift between episode two, the creepy pumpkin head town, mm-hmm. going into episode three, the school town episode is yes. wild. Yeah. It's and a ep- journey. It's a journey, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't what know if you, I Lacey? I don't know if I have a favorite chapter. I I genuinely feel like it changes every time I watch it. The first time I loved the Pottsfield episode with the pumpkins and the skeletons and the twist that happens in there. I love the ringing of the bell because that's just a true scary horror story. Um, Look at us. Don't don't don't. I'm not looking at you. <laughs> Um, and it has burgle your turts. And it has burgle your turts, which is Joshua. just objectively funny, you guys. It's, a it's funny just line. funny. Let you, it be funny. You don't get to say objectively funny when you don't laugh at farts. Yes, which I are do. Objectively funny. Sometimes come burgle she laughs these turts, dude. We've come to burgle your turts. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> but this time around, I have really enjoyed the chapter at the inn. Um, with all of the archetypal characters and the musical number. Oh, yeah. Um, with the highwayman. I'm the highwayman. <laughs> I, I feel like we get a lot of good ca- character <laughs> development in there, especially from Beatrice. I don't know. I just enjoyed that chapter, this watch around the most, I think. Okay, let's talk now about the characters because we have our main three we have the brothers Wirton, gregory and we have beatrice on this adventure i don't know you guys didn't like them <laughs> you liked beatrice <laughs> but you didn't like work and gregory why no i thought i i said i just like the bird the most but i thought little gregory was funny oh okay good 
You know, like I, I can see why people are like, he's annoying, but that was the point. Like he's the annoying little brother that you're like, fuck, I have to take you because mom said. Maybe that's why I like him so much and think he's so funny because I'm a little brother. Hmm. And, and maybe that's why I love Wirt so much because I'm an older sister. So I get it. To a little brother. To yeah. a little brother. But... Rashawn, <laughs> Rashawn, you're the little, you're Gregory in this situation. So I, I am Gregory. I'm a little brother. Are you an annoying little brother? Because that's a key difference. I feel like you and your sister have so many years apart that you can, it's hard to be annoying. My sister's nine years older than me. So it's, it's, I just never had that connection with my sibling. We were, right. we're close in a different way. And also, I've never been annoying in my whole life. So, oh, bitch. Uh, play oh, the bitch. tape. Which one? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Take your You're drink. talking to the producer. So, tape's not found. Were there any side characters that, did work for you or just did not work for you at all that like ground your gears that you did not think fit or that stuck out for you that you really enjoyed josh jimmy brown played by thomas lennon <laughs> we knew this already <laughs> <laughs> the gorilla like the horse the horse, the horse was funny. Is funny i thought he was gonna stick around honestly Dude. but the mad love the the tea episode mm-hmm. not my favorite but when they're talking about getting the two cents, the two pennies, and like the horse is like, well, you're the voice of reason. What do you want to do? What should we do? And he's like, I want to steal. Dude. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. See, that was another episode where I'm like, ah, Lacey loves it because it's very haunted mansion. There was things little by little. I'm like, okay, I get why Lacey loves it. (laughs) But the rest of the world, I'm confused. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> have you seen how high rated it is on Letterboxd? Yeah, I sure did. Yes. Did you so guys go watch, watch <laughs> Adventure Time? I have not. Raymond, actually, from Show Me the Meaning, our dear friend, uh, recommended Adventure Time and Steven Universe. They're by the same creators. Mm-hmm. And so after this third watch, I'm like, oh, okay, maybe it's time to give Steven Universe a try. It's just a little more intimidating because Steven Universe has 150 episodes over the garden wall has... 10 so you're welcome yeah. for not making you sit through 150 <laughs> also raymond has horrible taste oh! i'm just I saying disagree. this little text he's gonna text me right now <laughs> i'll wait for your text raymond <laughs> so when i was reading about over the garden wall in preparation for this absolute shit show that is happening The whole miniseries was originally going to be, I believe, 17 episodes, and they whittled it down to 10. And something that I think they do really well with Over the Garden Wall is that they kind of drip feed you the information that you need so that the impact of the ending is that much more meaningful. I I feel like they do a great job of character development in the first chapter maybe that's why i like it so much because it's like a book it's like a story like you get you know a little bit more every episode until the climactic finale i don't know where i was going with this the one thing i liked (laughs) the one thing i liked that i wish maybe happened more or earlier was in episode eight or ten no i think they could have an episode ten is ten when you find out that 
Gregory feels he is is on he is responsible and he is deserving to be taken because he stole the rock rock fact there was that little bit of vulnerability from Gregory that like sort of made his character a little more whole that I wish we maybe got even hints of or we got a little more of it, it made his character more interesting instead of just the the one line factory that he was up until then I liked it a lot and I, I wanted a little bit more of it earlier or, or either more of it or earlier or something just a little little extra rounding out of Gregory's character before the finale I will agree with you to an extent but I as my third watch through, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think you see that vulnerability in Gregory from the beginning. He is like, you're the leader. You're the captain. You're in charge throughout the whole story. And then when he is finally given the reins, I, I think it's cha- chapter seven or chapter eight when he has his dream sequence. Which is wild. <laughs> he like earnestly wants to do the right thing. Okay, what? Just talk about it. I knew that was the one that was good. you were going to hate the most. So talk about it. I think it's my least favorite chapter as well. That's chapter eight, right? Babes in the... Yeah. Yeah. It's just anything can happen. And you know that I'm a stickler about rules. <laughs> and you can't have rules in animation. And I respect that. This is not a critique. It's just a difference of enjoyment. That's all. Is that I fair will to say? say? I will say you do not like dream sequences or like hallucinating in any type of medium, whether that's cart, whether that's animation. I don't. Uh, live act, nothing. Like when, um, when you, well, like he loved that- he loved booty school dropout. He did when that shit sucks hard. Yeah, but sucks? I think I mean. Beauty School Dropout is my least favorite. Play the tape. But I, I don't even hard. mean they're just not, dream. They're not hallucinating. Like, yeah. they're not... It's not it's psychedelic. Like, and I feel like a lot this. of animation... It... Uh, it's it's a little trippy. Where I feel like some animation... Amazing. Some Classic. animation speaks to children, but also speaks to a certain group of people that maybe like to have some medical assistance while they're watching things. Esoteric. That is like, that is like, (laughs) (laughs) she learned a new word. That's like a big corner of an audience. You know what I mean? There are cartoons made specifically for that. And this felt like that episode where it's like, you want to trip for a second? I did. Okay. But like in all honesty, I didn't feel like it was a trip. I didn't feel like this was psychedelic to be psychedelic. This felt like a child's fantasy. This felt like going to Oz. This felt like going to Wonderland. A dream sequence. Those are or- both heavily drug-fueled stories. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, same. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's, o- it's okay. That's why I said it's not a critique. It's not a critique at all. And there are people that enjoy it without that, which love is you. Well, which is me. <laughs> I'm so which upset is fine. right now. But Ugh. I'm not. I'm not critiquing it, my love. I'm not critiquing. I it. know you're critiquing me. You're critiquing. <laughs> no, I'm not. Me and telling me I'm wrong. I'm not. He's telling you you've got uh, a brain wired the same way as an LSD addict. No, he's <laughs> telling me I have a brain wired the same way as a five-year-old. 
No, a five-year-old. That's LSD. that's what <laughs> Mel is saying. That's, that's what, what Mel I'm, is saying. I'm saying that. Girl, I have saying two tattoos drugs. of cartoon characters on my body. I'm not. Me too. I'm not mm. digging you for liking a cartoon. Rashawn saying marijuana. Mel is saying Blue's Clues. That's those are the differences. The takeaways, both great. Just in <laughs> and together, ways. incredible, fantastic. <laughs> Uh, the only thing of not having a good time <laughs> gregory's dream sequence just lasted a little too long for me it was just the length thing i didn't mind that it happened i didn't mind what what he was going through with it with the sort of dark side the tornado guy that came in i didn't i didn't dislike or disagree with any of it it just it was a little long for me especially because we had just gotten the the emotional weight of everything that happens at the beginning of the episode with like we're giving up and like all that shit, like, there's a lot happening in the real world that we get pulled pulled from, and it's like, wait, no, 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 wait, I want to know what's going on there. Is we're dead? Like, it was just a little long. But psychologically, like, that's what kids do. That's yeah, what they that's do true. in those heavy, scary, weighty situations a, in their life. They escape. It's a and trauma response. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Do you think? So, do you think at that point in the story, because it's been speculated that when you when a human body is close to death it releases the brain releases just about every chemical that's like people their life flashes before their eyes like it's what dreaming is but like times a hundred do you think in the real world gregory was close to drowning and his brains released all the chemicals they had and that's what actually happened in his brain and then that's why he's like almost dead in 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 the garden wall and then when he cuts to that's when work pulls him out you know what i mean i love that you're bringing that up unprompted basically there's this whole (laughs) subreddit theory that the unknown that they are in is a type of purgatory and we're and gregory are working their way through purgatory and at the end of it they will either succumb to death or they will make it out alive patrick McHale, when he was asked about it Gave a very Guillermo answer, Guillermo del Toro answer, and said, if that's what you interpret and that's what you take away from it, that's amazing. And I love that that's the experience that you're getting from the story. Um, It's not necessarily what they set out to tell, but people love uh, people love kids going on a journey, Mella, (laughs) and people are going to theorize about what the meaning of it is. So personally, I mean, this is just personally, I think it all happens. I think that there is this magical, you know, place over the garden wall in the unknown that these kids traverse through and stumble upon. But it's the same way I believe at the ending uh, of Pan's Labyrinth, she goes to the kingdom and she is the lost princess and she's passed all the trials. I think it's all up to the viewer. There is there is a little bit of proof though in this that over that everything did happen. The George bell. Washington. George Washington. Captain uh, Wirt. Jason Funderburger Jason has the bell in his stomach mm-hmm. at the end. Gregory's shaking him around. <laughs> and he's got the bell. Y'all remember when we did Halloween and I had oh, my no. dissertation about sexual repression, and y'all were like, "Nah, <laughs> shut the fuck up, Rashawn." <laughs> 
We were still we were still Say it to me now guys. then. Say it to me now. It ain't it ain't funny when the rabbit got the gun, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that time. Y'all are some busters, but I love this I love this theory that you are on and I'm I'm with yeah, it, but I, I also think, think everything happened. Yeah, I think I think the most sort of like intellectual part of this show is the woodsman and the beast and like the lantern having his daughter but not and then his daughter revealing herself at the end and what does that mean and where that, was I think, she where was she i think there could be a whole fucking show me the meaning episode on just chapter 10 and what it all means and like the beast versus the woodsman i i don't i'm not secure enough with an answer to give my own speculation i think I think that's just when I initially thought it, I think I thought it was an allegory for grief and loss and letting go. Mm. But then you see the daughter at the end. And so what does that mean? Is it, you know, I, I think the beast is a deceptive demon. I, I, I don't think that the daughter was ever in danger. I think he probably had her concealed away somewhere, probably in a tree, <laughs> the way that he was going to do with Gregory, you know, you you bear the lantern and your brother can continue to survive. But if not, then, you know, he's he's gone. I honestly think that's one of the most powerful scenes in the whole show is the woodsman making the decision of my daughter wouldn't want this. She wouldn't want another child to be sacrificed so that she could live on unhappily. Which is a very deep concept to expose kids to, um, that kind of sacrifice. Because it's not just the sacrifice of his daughter, but it's his livelihood and his way of life as well. You know, like there's so much he's willing to give up for Wirt and for Gregory. My, sort of along that lines, it's parallel to that. I think one of my favorite non-funny moments in this is with the beast and the woodsman and Wirt is when Gregory is stuck and the beast, beast is like just you you become the lantern bear da, 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 da. and this whole show we've seen Wirt as this pushover as Beatrice you know railed on him for it he he's just a yes man he can't he has imposter syndrome he can't you know he doesn't stand up for himself and he almost does it then his reaction is like so perfectly human where he's like no, that's dumb. He literally says, that's dumb. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to wander the woods while my brother is essentially dead, but I'm going to kind of keep him suspended in animation. I'm not going to do that. That's dumb. I'm leaving. Like, I think that's the that's the final piece of growth in Wirt's character that is is so encapsulated, and it's such a perfectly delivered moment for we're, uh, we'll say 15 a 15 year old just he's not gonna have this big speech about his daughter would like the woodsman his daughter wouldn't want this i can't sacrifice another child that this 15 year old is just gonna go no that's dumb i'm not doing that and i think it's it's a fantastic growth for work and an ending to that sort of arc i also think it's a really um a, a mirror lesson up for how adults and children deal differently with trauma and with grief and with difficult choices and decisions. Speaking to someone who works with kids and who has gone through trauma with those kids, as adults, we want to hold on mm -hmm. yeah. to what is weighing us down, to the pain, to the hurt. It, it almost tethers us to the world, This this grief and this 
anger and this this torment Mm -hmm. and kids don't have that they -hmm. experience their sadness they experience their grief their anger and then it's over and they let it go and that that is such a perfect polaroid of the dichotomy between adulthood and childhood Um, and it's a really important lesson to be reminded as adults is that we don't have to carry these burdens. We don't have to, we don't have to carry the lantern through the wood. Yeah. The only, the only, the only person that's benefiting us carrying the lantern is the beast. Come on. My God. Okay. I love it. I love the show. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's, that's, that though is why I'm so in love with this show because you cannot get that at all, or that can be your takeaway from it. You know, this could just be a fun, autumnal, weird, animated thing that you throw on in the fall times. Or you can get into these beautiful, deep discussions, and it's really up to the interpretation of the viewer. And I, I mean, that's why I love animation so much. That's why I love storytelling so much. It's really about what you want to get out of what you're watching. Which one do you want to talk some shit now? Mm. Still don't like it. <laughs> well, I don't like you. Well, I know I think you that's don't. A lie. <laughs> do we have anything else we want to touch on before we move on? No. Uh, friggin' Tim Curry was great as the Auntie, uh, Whispers. Auntie, Auntie Whispers. Come on. So it was a great, really great so voice spooky. cast. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I we didn't we. We kind of talked about Beatrice, um, but Melanie Linsky is like really starting to get the recognition that she deserves for what a phenomenal talent she is. Um, And she just is so wonderful. She, Elijah Wood, and Colin Dean anchor this fantastical story and such realism with their characters that i i would follow them forever through the woods yeah i really would come on samwise um (laughs) yeah elijah wood he hits this really great note of you believe him that he's going through this fantastical world but then when it cuts to the scene where he's just a high schooler in modern day america you're not you're surprised at the storyline but you're not surprised that wirt is actually like he mentions high school once like in episode like four i think it's not, it doesn't throw, you're like, well, no, I thought he was a fantastical whatever. It's like, no, yeah, he's still a high schooler. He like, he, he toes the line really well. It's Elijah Wood. And Christopher Lloyd, you guys, we got Fester Adams, we got the Page Master, we got, you know, this epic, epic gravelly grandpa that I just, I, I love him. And I, hearing his voice instantly takes me back to childhood. So, I love. He's got him. such a good. That's an epically epic gravel grandpa voice. It's perfect. It's so iconic. Yeah. All right, y'all. It's time. Ooh, for some payback. Oh, Lacey God. pulled a Rashawn when she was making this game. At least this one's justified because. <laughs> <laughs> she made it in a place of, of preemptive hurt, which I, I think I'm going to get punished for it. Which I don't doesn't I love seem you, entirely though. fair. I love you. Who wants to play a game? Me. 
so much but i like to watch you squirm okay this game is called keep the lantern lit you all three are beasts in your own unknowns we're gonna have three rounds and i am going to ask you to sacrifice one of your favorite things in order to keep (laughs) your lantern burning wouldn't that make you the beast yeah, no, you're the, you're the beasts. You're the beasts. The, we'd be the woodsmen. No, you're, you're... the beasts. <laughs> I agree, Josh. She's the beast. I am the beast. I'm the beast, can... and you're the beasts, and we're all. Can I be the woodsman? You can be the woodsman. My I would God, like to be a little you... pumpkin. Stop then. talking. <laughs> you want to be the pumpkin? I'm Beatrice. No, you are not. <laughs> that. No, you're the highwayman. <laughs> all right, so. In each round, I'm going to give you two options. You must sacrifice one of those options in order to keep your lantern lit. You could make it all the way through. Is death an option? No. I was going to say you could bow out if you don't want to make a choice, but I'm not going to let you do that. you got to make a choice. Are you ready? Over the garden wall we go. Round one. Characters. Carmela, you must choose between keeping... Tracy Turnblad <laughs> or Stephanie Zanoni? Bye, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that one would be harder. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna bye. say um, Michelle versus Michelle. That would be harder. But no, bye, no, Tracy. no. Wow. Okay, Tracy Ruthless. Turnblad has been sacrificed, and Melo's lantern is staying lit. Josh. Hmm. Hawkeye or Batman? Now, so here's the question. Mm-hmm. Character all media? Yes. Second question. Is this Hawkeye and Batman or Clinton Barton and Bruce Wayne? Joshua. This matters. I'm sorry. This matters. You know I didn't think about it like that. Well, help me out here. The day when someone makes a Josh-proof game. I know. I'll die. But you, you, know, what I, you know what I mean, though, because... This is why you're the beast because you do shit like this. Just can I get it? Can I get it? Yes or is it? Is it? What, just please, please help me decide. It's all, it, all, 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 all of it. Hawkeye okay, then or just Batman. kill Josh. Um, okay, if it was just if it was ju- if it was just Clint versus Bruce, I would say Clint because Kate Bishop is great. But I, I gotta Batman. Oh, you're damn. killing Batman. Yes. Oh, wow. I wow. can still have Nightwing. Nightwing still exists. I'm, I'm telling Bob Robert Pattinson. Is... <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> Batman has been sacrificed to the lantern and all of his storylines and characters are gone. Wow. So does that mean Nightwing doesn't exist then? Because he... That's right. Rashawn, it's your turn. I know. Here we go. Enjoy it. Sydney Prescott or Laurie Strode? Laurie Strode. <laughs> Whoa! Oh my God! Well, I he thought said, that would be much harder for you. I'm he telling said my press this. Damn. Michael has killed Laurie once. Sydney never dropped, and mm, she true. never will. 
I don't know. The sequel's been confirmed. Don't do this to me. She says it herself. I'll survive. I always do. Sydney Prescott. I'm making sorry, it on. Laurie Strode into the lantern. I'm going to be honest. I thought that would be more painful, and I'm a little upset that it wasn't. I chose Grease 2 over Hairspray. Okay? You Just did. how deep the love runs. You guys always make me try to choose between Scream and Halloween. Yeah. And I can't. You just did him. without missing did. a beat, bitch. <laughs> it's Sydney. Sydney's always number one, baby. Oh, we'll see in the next round. I know. Round two, movies. I'm going to give you two movies. One of them survives. One of them is taken out of existence forever and put into the lantern. Rashawn, you're up first. Scream 2 or Moonlight? <laughs> <laughs> Make a sacrifice, babe. A place of hurt. Uh, me. I choose me. Nope. Can't. <laughs> Your lantern is dimming. <laughs> don't, don't give him that because he'll just let it dim. How long y'all got? <laughs> those two, those are the most me movies ever. What are you I talking know. about? I know. So she does know you. Hmm. So she does know you. <laughs> Question. Yes, Josh. <laughs> well. <laughs> Put a ring on my finger because I'm your fucking husband today. Um, if I take out Scream 2, does 1, 3, 4, and 5 still exist? Yes. Scream 2. It's a fair concession. Oh my god. Oof. But there's gonna be some That's your favorite character. scream. It's gone. I'm aware fucking Lacey. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> Last time I checked, I fucking knew that. Do you think that torpedoes Jada's career then? Do you think she even has the career she does? This is not your game. You do not get to <laughs> just food. You do not get to twist the knife. We're just thinking. We're thinking things. Carmella. Beauty and the Beast? Oh, I knew it. Or The Wizard of Oz? Jesus Christ. Which one is gone forever, baby? This isn't even, like, about me anymore. These are two movies that <laughs> are, like, timeless. The cultural impact. You gotta she make takes a sacrifice. Beauty and the Beast, if she takes up Beauty and the Beast, does that mean the Emma Watson one just, like, appears out of the ether out of nowhere? Hell like... no. That one can go. <laughs> <laughs> Through the lantern. Oh my goodness. Oh, so it's Beauty and the Beast? That's the one? No, I'm saying <laughs> Careful the with one with them. Words. <laughs> I can't decide. I'm gonna go Wizard of Oz. <gasps> All that cinematic history down wow. the turtle. I know. Bye, Scarecrow. <sighs> Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. Goodbye. Bye somewhere Road. over the rainbow. My my original hotmail. Email doesn't even make sense anymore. What is Red Ruby Shoes? Red Ruby Shoes 15. Like, hell what, yeah. People are like, what the fuck is she talking about? Mine's Lil underscore Vetter. <laughs> Baby Lil yeah, 89. Yikes. What does, that, what does that mean for the Wiz? It's gone. Wiz is it's still gone. There. No, no. It wouldn't make any sense. If it's based off of sequels, are one thing, but if it's directly like a. Uh, Josh, it's your turn. No, I already went. Nope. <laughs> Worth a shot. 
<laughs> Knives Out or Bruce Almighty? Damn. Oh, that's ice cold. Um, <laughs> it's definitely Knives Out on my pick. But it's I thought you were own. just going to say like two random superhero movies and I'd be fine. That's really bitchy. Um, hey! <laughs> I know she really fucking oof. This, round. this came oh. from a place of hurt. I knew it was coming. I think that I think Josh's is a little softball. No, I don't think so. Knives out to Bruce Almighty. I don't know. They're both on my letterbox top, top four. four. Okay, what? Since it's the first, does this eliminate all the knives out sequels? Yes, Josh. Because uh, Scream Three got to survive, but is that because Scream One exists? It's, yes. Yeah, I know that's right. But <laughs> chill. But if the first one is, go- that's what's giving me pause because sequels are gonna be heat. <laughs> but then Evan Almighty goes away do? too. Don't talk shit oh, about Evan Almighty. Oh, thank God, she's, she's Sh- Almighty. It's on Hulu. Hulu now. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah. Fuck Put it yeah. on the list. I might. Fuck you. Um, not you, Rashawn. Yeah. Fuck off. I'm gonna ah! put Evan Almighty. <laughs> I'm stalling. Um, Keep the lantern lit, Josh. Make a sacrifice. Knives out. Ah, fuck. No. Yeah, no. Knives out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wow, you heard it here first. Josh hates Ryan Johnson. Damn. Boo. Tomato, tomato, tomato. (laughs) (laughs) Tomato, tomato, tomato. (laughs) Round three. Actors. I'm going to give you two actors. All of their filmography Fuck. is gone. Lacey. Whoa. All of that it. That doesn't seem... Josh, you're first. After, you're not going to give me time to rest? No. <laughs> he needs some I milk. did it. Will Smith or Will Ferrell? Fuck. Oh my god. I'm sorry, Lacey. I'm calling bullshit. Not putting Brad Pitt in here is scandalous. I promise you... <laughs> This is harder than it would be if Brad Pitt was in it. Yes, it would. I promise I, you, Josh. If 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 Brad Pitt was up against either of them, I'd pick Brad Pitt. We're this talking is filmography. Way more painful for him. We're talking filmography. If if it was just I don't know person, but their film, whatever. Okay, let's just let's. I got the hands of justice here, right? We got I Am Legend. That's heavy. That's heavy. So is Anchorman. We got then we got Hitch. Then we got Step Brothers. That's heavy. Talladega Nights. King Richard, Talladega Nights. Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Great. Fuck. Does that. Fuck. You better. I was about to say Farrell, and then I forgot about Fresh Prince. All of Will Farrell's SNL. Gone. (gasps) I'm going to (laughs) disconnect. Josh has left the chat. Dude, this is a doozy. I'm going to have a hernia. Um, (laughs) Will. I choose Will. Which one? <laughs> Will Smith. I'm so sorry. <gasps> Will Smith has been sacrificed to the lantern? Dude, log out. Wow. Fuck. Wow, Will Smith and all of his filmography has been sacrificed to keep Josh's go- lantern lit. I'm going to go watch Step Brothers. <laughs> Rashad. Wow. What? You have not escaped yet, my friend. Charlize Theron? Uh-huh. Or Michelle Pfeiffer? 
Oof. Uh, rigor Morris <laughs> up in this motherfucking game. There's rigor Morris going on. And all of their filmography. Yeah, I heard the rules. <laughs> we got Batman Returns. We got Fury Road. Whew. We got Young Adult. Whew. We got The Fabulous Baker Boys. White Oleander. Oh... My God, purse, bro. Scream two, scream two, grease two, grease. Ah, would you want to do that to Mello though? I know. Hello. You deleted the Wizard of Oz. Have a seat. Young Adult is like one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, what a choose. You have to. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. That's it for this week's episode of <laughs> <laughs> Wrapping things up. Um. Okay. I can't. I can't. I can't. I just talked about how it was my number one at the beginning of the episode. I can't. I have to sacrifice. Charlize Theron. Whole. <gasps> I know it. Charlize Theron. Wow. Monster. Atomic Blonde, all gone. Dark Places, Rashawn. You want to make this choice easier. <laughs> I'm trying to make you feel better. I could never eventually work with Michelle Pfeiffer and be like, I deleted your movies on a fictional podcast. <laughs> Just unprompted. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so sorry, but I erased you from existence. <laughs> it was for the lantern. <laughs> Interface. <laughs> I, I sacrificed you to the beast. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. Charlize Theron is still alive. <sighs> this has been God, so damn. fun for me. We have one more for my dear Mella. Oh God. All of the filmography. Your two choices are Natalie Portman and You're Kate f- Winslet. You're a bitch. This episode. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it, dude. I saw it coming. She just made your New Year's resolution at least half easier. No. Look at it that way. No. (laughs) No! (laughs) That means if I erase Kate, there's no Titanic. No. Correct. Go ahead and do that to you. You erase Natalie Portman, there's no Black Swan. There's no Garden State. There's no Star Wars. There's no Jackie. There's no Natalie's rap on SNL. Are you kidding me? Which is great. SNL, SNL, Will Ferrell's SNL is the reason I picked him. It put me over the edge. But it's Kate Winslet. Mm -hmm. There's no Mayor of Easttown. Are you kidding me? That was me trying to... (laughs) (laughs) Was that her? That was was your Kate. Oh, what are you kidding? I'm I'm saving Kate. (gasps) I know, I know, Natalie's going for the record. Wow, Natalie Portman, Will Smith, and Charlize Theron have all been sacrificed to the lantern. You're a war criminal. I would like to greet you all on the bright side. You've made it through the unknown. I feel like shit. You have made it over the garden wall. I'm so proud of all of you. You know what took a huge hit that round? Mm-hmm. Hancock. <laughs> oh my God. 
Palmer, dude. Sure did. <laughs> Got a race twice. <laughs> and and the legend of Bagger Vance. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Not the deep cut. Wrapping things up, I think we can all agree that Over the Garden Wall has incredible voice acting, a voice cast that is stacked and helps tell a really lovely story. I think we can all agree that Melanie Linsky deserves her flowers that she is getting, and I hope to continue to see her career just explode as it is right now. And I think we can all agree that even if you didn't like the whole series, it does a good job of tying into the real world and wrapping things up at the end and telling a full cohesive story. We end each episode with a quick round of six degrees of separation, connecting an actor from this week's movie to an actor from next week's movie. So who can find the fastest connection between Tim Curry and Josh Hartnett? Can I use movies that are currently in production? No. I can't use Oppenheimer. <laughs> Absolutely not. Wasn't Christopher Lloyd also in Clue? Mm-hmm. Cute. That's it. That's my answer. Wait. Oh, I know I can use someone. Okay. Okay. I got it. No! Ooh. I was gonna use meatloaf! What is it, Rashani? Okay. Tim Curry is in Charlie's Angels. I think he's in Charlie's Angels. You want me to fact check this? <laughs> yeah. That seems so left field, I'm sure it's right. Uh. Yep, as Roger Corwin. The first one? Damn. Okay, cool. Okay. Tim Curry's in Charlie's Angels with Drew Barrymore, who is in Batman Forever with Chris O'Donnell, who's in Batman and Robin with Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is in True Lies with Jamie Lee Curtis, Who's in Halloween H two O with Josh Hartnett? Nice, but you can't wow. use H two O because you got rid of Laurie Strode. So oh Ooh. shit! <laughs> Congratulations, Rashawn. I hate He's you, back. but I love you so much. <laughs> I love you more. What the hell has Meatloaf been in? <laughs> to, uh, Tenacious D, The Pit of Destiny. Oh, he's no. in Fight Club. Yeah, I can do it club. in less than Rashawn. Too late. Yes. I gave that to you too late. Meatloaf is in fight. I can do it in less than Rashawn. What is it? Just let him just I gave let it him to say you. it. Go. Tim Curry is in uh, 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 Rocky Horror okay. with Meatloaf, who's in Fight Club with Brad Pitt, who is in, uh, well, no, it's also five. Hee <laughs> hee. <laughs> <laughs> you could do who is in who is in oceans with matt damon who is in uh everything with ben affleck who was in pearl harbor susan with. sarandon was in this um fucking Thelma and louise with brad pitt 
Hey. It was also in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, but then I can't Curry. use meatloaf, so I don't care. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, Josh. that meatloaf to Tim Curry. Oh, we don't have Josh Hartnett. It's, Forget it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was doing, I was just doing going in circles. <laughs> Forget it. He's in Fight Club. That's it for this week's very special episode of When Cinephiles Attack. As always, we'd love if you took a moment and liked, subscribed, rated us, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods. You can find this and all of our episodes on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Good Pods, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CinephileAttack. And if you have a suggestion for a new episode or if you just want to tell us that you love us, email us at whencinephilesattack at gmail.com. From Lacey, Mella, Josh, and Rashawn. Thank you so much for listening. Off you go into the unknown. Potatoes and molasses. No. No. Potatoes and molasses. No. 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 No.